are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. I want to share with you on the subject of authority, faith, and the anointing. Now, there's three things involved here, and I know that we're going to have to move quickly to cover all of these things, but I felt it was necessary to cover all three phases. Sometimes I call it faith and the anointing, but if you do that, you lose some insight. It takes authority, faith, and the anointing to bring forth the manifestation of God's power in your life. We have to have faith in the authority of the Word of God. You see, in Jesus' day, there was people that had faith in His authority. And there's other people that thought He had no authority at all. And there were people that knew He was anointed, and there were other people that didn't believe that He was anointed at all. Therefore, the people that believed in His authority, those that believed in the anointing, got the benefits of the anointing. See, Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now, see, the anointing was upon Jesus. But yet not everyone that came in the ministry realm of Jesus was healed. In fact, there was a very limited number of people that were in the crowds that Jesus ministered to on different occasions. Now, on some occasions, it said all of the sick were healed. But on some occasions, there'd be only one person in the whole multitude that'd get healed. And the anointing of God was upon Jesus to heal them. But they didn't get healed. So we're going to talk about some of these things. I want us to go to Luke's gospel, the fourth chapter, and we'll begin there. I'm sorry, the third chapter. We're going to start in the third chapter. We're going to come over into the fourth chapter. Let's begin with verse 21. And when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also, being baptized and praying, the heavens were opened. The Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph. Now, we know that he wasn't the son of Joseph. He was the son of God, but they supposed that he was the son of Joseph. But now notice in this that it tells you that Jesus was baptized somewhere around his 30th birthday, maybe on his birthday. Now, until that time, we have no record that Jesus ever healed a single person, that he ever did one single miracle or cast out any demons. But he's lived for 30 years upon this planet Earth. Now remember, he was born of a virgin. It was prophesied that a virgin would be with child and that the child that was born would be called Emmanuel, God with us. And we know that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh on this Earth. But yet, there's something here that if we don't understand it, it confuses you further on through the Scriptures, and that is the fact that even though Jesus was God manifest in the flesh, for 30 years He operated in the earth as a man, did no miracles, healed no one, didn't cast out any demons, until the Holy Ghost descended upon him, and he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and healing power. 
Now, here's the thing that I want you to see. And I'll not take time to go into great detail in it because we have so much material to cover. But I'll give you enough so you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> you can find your way through it. When Jesus was born on this planet, he was born with a physical flesh, blood, and bone body. He had a body like any other man. He walked like a man. He talked like a man. He ate like a man. He got tired like a man. The reason was because he was a man. Now, he was the son of God, all right. But yet, he was first of all a man. Now, the reason for that was that in Genesis, the first chapter, God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. So God gave mankind dominion over the planet earth. Now, in the next verse there, he told him to subdue the earth and have dominion over it. In other words, if it gets out of line, it was up to Adam to put it back in line. Don't let it get out of line. In other words, there must have been some possibility that it doing that, and God knew it, and God was telling Adam about it. So, God delivered the authority of the earth to man. Now, I like to say it this way, he gave man a lease on the planet earth. Now, for years, I thought that he gave Adam the earth and the earth belonged to Adam because there's two scriptures that I never could get to come together into my understanding until the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. There's a scripture in Psalms that says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's the 24th Psalm. And then there's one that says that God has given the earth to man. Well, I got to thinking, now, did he give it to man or is it still the Lord's? And then I began to realize that it still belongs to the Lord. But you see, he gave man a lease on it. And the reason that the earth is experiencing today, the things that are happening in the earth, the sin and the problems in the earth and the wars and the crimes and all of that, is because that man was given a lease on the planet earth and until that lease runs out, See, God has done all he's going to do until the lease runs out on that planet when he sent Jesus to this earth. That was the purpose of sending Jesus here, to restore this earth, the authority of the earth, back to mankind. Because Satan came in the garden, deceived Eve, Adam committed high treason, he went into it with his eyes open, he turned the earth lease over to the devil. Now, if you want to know about the earth lease, sometimes people say, where in the world do you get anything about the earth lease in the Bible? Read the 12th chapter of Mark. Jesus describes it exactly. And we won't have time to go into that, but read that. He tells you about the earth lease. There's no doubt that's what he's referring to. Now, what Jesus did at Calvary, because he came here as a man, you see, he had legal authority to destroy the works of the devil because he was a man. See, he had to be a man. If God came here just in his divine Godhead power and started destroying the works of the devil, it'd be illegal. And God would be a liar. You see, there's things that God will not do, and one of them is he will not lie. God cannot lie. So for him to come down here as God and start destroying the works of the devil in the earth, then he would have violated what he told Adam in Genesis 1. So what he did, he made a covenant with Adam, he made a covenant with Noah, he made a covenant with Abraham, and the covenant with Abraham was the covenant of all covenants. 
It meant what I have belongs to you, Abraham, what you have belongs to me. It gave God access into the earth. And each one of these covenants that God made gave him access into the earth to a certain degree. Now somebody said, well, God could just come in here and do anything. He pleased. No, he couldn't because his word was out. See, he had to do it through man. So he made the covenant with Noah. Somebody said, well, if God didn't have authority to do what he wanted to, how did he destroy the earth with water? He made a covenant with Noah first. He made a covenant with Abraham. Now the covenant with Abraham was a blood covenant, the greatest of all covenants. And when he called on Abraham to go kill his son, did you notice Abraham did not argue with that at all? He just simply started making preparations to do it. And he raised the knife to kill the child. An angel of the Lord called to him, and a ram was caught in the bushes. And then you hear Abraham prophesy. I don't know whether he knew he was prophesying or not. But he said, well, he said to his son, when his son said, here's the fire and here's the altar and all that, but where's the lamb? And he said, God will provide himself a lamb. And that's exactly what God did. The whole plan of redemption hinged on whether Abraham would validate that covenant. See, the Bible says that he tempted Abraham. Now, that word tempt in the Hebrew means to prove. He proved that Abraham would keep the covenant because if Abraham would not keep the covenant, then it was impossible for God to send his son. If Abraham had refused to give his son, it would have been impossible for God to give his but because Abraham raised the knife to kill his child, it was written in the Word of God. God said, Because thou hast done this thing, then thy people shall possess the gates of his enemies. Now, to us that doesn't mean a whole lot, but in that day if you controlled the gates of the city, you controlled it, man. And what God did, he proved Abraham that he had keep the covenant. And because Abraham kept the covenant, it gave God the legal right to send Jesus into this planet to come and to destroy the works of the devil and undo that which the devil had done and give him his life for the sacrifice to redeem all mankind. Thank God for Abraham's faith that he believed that God was able to raise him from the dead but thank God he did one better than that. He counted it done even though he didn't kill him. Thank God for his faith. Now, I've said all of that because we're talking about authority, faith, and the anointing. So you can see how that Abraham, being willing to give his son, released God to where God could give his son to redeem all mankind. It would have been a quite a different story if Abraham had said, Now listen, God, you promised me this child, and I am not going to give him up. But thank God for his faith. Can you say amen? amen. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. God bless you. I appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Our CD offer this week is 7108 Authority, Faith, and the Anointing. A single CD for $8 plus $3 postage and handling. You need to understand authority. If you don't understand authority, you will never have strong faith. And it's faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
But if you don't confess authority, you won't have faith to operate in the authority that God gives us. Read Genesis chapter 1. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that moveth upon the earth. Psalms 8 says, over all the work of his hands. God gave mankind dominion over this planet. But if you don't exercise that dominion, then it won't be carried out. Then in Luke, the 10th chapter, Listen to what it says in verse 19. Now, this is Jesus speaking. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, this is the words of Jesus. But if we don't know we have that authority, if we don't act in faith on that authority, then we won't overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. But there's three things you must understand. Authority, faith, and the anointing. And we see these in the life of Jesus. He understood he had authority on this planet. He was born with a physical flesh, blood, and bone body. And that's what gives you authority here. Then faith cometh by hearing, the Apostle Paul says, and hearing by the Word of God. The more you confess the Word of God, the more faith you will have. And the Apostle Paul said in Romans 10, the Word is nigh you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. First it's in your mouth, then it gets in your heart. After he had been baptized in the river Jordan, the Holy Ghost descended upon him. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and healing power. And I want you to know it worked in the lives of people. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cast out demons. Well, you need this single CD offer number, 7108, Authority, Faith, and the Anointing. That's $8 plus $3 postage and handling. And I want you to know this is a series that will give you vital information. Toll-free order line is 1-877-396-9400, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and yes, Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps. P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.